And hello again, everybody. Welcome to Cincy Brewcast. My name is Mike Cisneros. It is about uh, 6.35 on a Monday evening here uh, on the East Coast of the United States of America. We're so happy everybody could join us, and especially everybody on Periscope TV. We are starting a new thing this week where we are doing an earlier show to accommodate my schedule. Thank you very much. And uh, we're back here in the friendly confines. I am joined, as always, by the man who is synonymous with anonymous, the man from anywhere and nowhere, the gnarly gnome from the gnarlygnome.com. Good day, gnome. Good day. It is actually still day outside. Light time. <laughs> and, of course, joining us, as always, uh, back uh, or back again with us, uh, the queen of Cincinnati craft beer commentary from the Overlook Lodge in Pleasant Ridge. We would like to welcome again Miss Tina Cisneros. Tina, ahoy, ahoy. Ahoy, ahoy. And joining us on social media tonight as well. So she's going to be taking care of the Twitter account. And really, I want you to crank really hard, like on the Instagram and stuff, if you can, uh, I know I've got uh, I know I've got it on one of these phones because we've got a lot of stuff that we've got anyway. Angie Cisneros, hi, hello, say hey, hey. and uh, because we've got a lot of stuff that we want actually to send some pictures out on and stuff because we are joined tonight. Uh, fascinating topic, kind of surprising uh, that we haven't gotten to it uh, thus far in our program. We are joined by the Queen City chapter, three of the. Distinguished members of the Queen City chapter of the Brewery Collectibles Club of America, the BCCA, uh, and we are joined again. We are joined tonight uh, by Beer Dave. Beer, say hello to our fans out there in Brewland. Hey, good evening, everyone. He is a past president of the international organization, which is the Brewery Collectibles Club of America, uh, over 3,500 members strong across uh, the United States and the world. So, Beer Dave, and also we understand, and I've heard you, I mentioned I heard you on 700 WLW, so you join them to talk about beer, I guess, right? Yeah, I do a weekly uh, Friday show with, uh, with Mike McConnell, about five minutes, sort of what's happening in beer for the week uh, in Cincinnati. So we'll talk about that in a minute. Then we've got Steve Kirshner, who is a friend of the show, a friend of uh, 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 Mount, Mount Carmel Brewing Company Port Sitter, and really, you helped us out big time over at the 8-Ball Show. You were get, you were putting the beers together the, and getting our flights together. So Steve Kirshner, a board member of the uh, Queen City Chapter, welcome to Cincy Brewcast. Thanks for having me. And then to his right, we have Doug Groth, who is the current president of the Queen City Chapter of the BCCA. And Doug, welcome to our program. Uh, we hope you enjoy yourself. Thanks for having us. And of course, you hear Homer, and uh, you'll be hearing Bocce and Chester soon, I I, I hope the Cincy Brew Dogs, uh, they will be uh, chiming in from time to time here on the program. Uh, I think without any further ado, you guys want a beer? Oh, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so we will find out what we've got. From the beer fridge. So we're going to need some of the glassware. Uh, what, what do we want to have first? I was in Dayton. Uh, over the weekend on Saturday, and I don't know if you guys or anybody here has had any, but we'll start with this. Uh, uh, I went to three different, I went to a Speedway, a United Dairy Farmer, and a Shell, and the Speedway All was the, the only... All of the beer establishments. Or the, uh, the, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> and the... And the United Dairy Farmer was the only one that had any Dayton beer at all. Of course, there's probably... 
Yeah, there's probably a dozen, you know, I don't know about dozens, but there are several craft breweries in the Dayton area, and this is the only one I could find. Uh, Oregon Alley IPA from Dayton Beer Company, and of course, they're in the Oregon District in uh, Dayton, and uh, so let's give it a shot. Have you guys seen this can before? I have, yes. Not nice. Uh, there's, there's, I think there's four that are packaging up there now with a couple more on the way. As we... Uh, pour the beers and sort of uh, taste them and discuss and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I guess one of the big, I guess one of the big things for you guys is the craft beer movement itself. I mean, it seems to me like that has, and of course you can pour more uh, if you want uh, in the glass. Uh, uh, but I guess the craft beer movement itself has really sort of reignited the entire uh, can collecting hobby because there's so much more and so much new that's out there. Yeah, absolutely. When I started in this uh, hobby in 1974, that there were uh, quite a few that had come before me, and a lot of those collectors were pretty much just really stagnant with their hobby. And then when the craft beer started hitting, it was amazing to watch these guys that you know are 20 years older than me or even older all of a sudden get excited and start you know trading current cans at the show and. You know, going to their local store and buying whatever they can that's brand new. And it was just really neat to see this new sock in the arm that these guys had as they sort of went out and just started seeking all these new craft cans. It's really I, I, turned I, the I, hobby around. I don't want to tell you guys when I was in high school, necessarily, uh, although I don't know. I was in high school in 1980. He got held back. Uh, and uh, <laughs> in, in, uh, at my high school, there was a, there was a beer can collecting club. Uh, believe it or not I, I was kind of shocked myself that they let them uh let them do it but they let them do it well that's and, smaller for you I yeah guess. and and so as long as they were empty i guess it's okay yeah i knew a lot of guys including myself that tried to empty them <laughs> for, empty them for guys um in fact a number of those molar guys used to belong to the queen city chapter yeah, in the day yeah, yeah. I wish I could remember some of the guys' names. I, you know, I don't remember exactly who was in, involved in the uh, in the club when I was in high school. I did not. But uh, um, what? Uh, okay, uh, let's try this. Let's try this um, Oregon Alley IPA from Dayton Beer Company. It's real dark and a little hazy, which is becoming sort of a trend. Uh, working its way from the East Coast. Oh, let's let's please not get into that topic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> these guys have done a really good job. These these guys were the first ones to really bring back uh, local brewing in Dayton after some of the failed uh, stuff that came out in the late '80s and early '90s. And these guys started in a little strip mall, and uh, they've since uh, grown up uh, yeah. to a different facility, and they're canning now and everything. It's really a lot of a lot of fun to watch them grow like this. What do you think? I like it. It's very, very, very it's hoppy. Good. It's well, it's it's that big, thick, kind of heavy hoppy, which yeah, it's, um, it's a big hop. Yeah, presence. I think I not a bad thing, but I no. typically prefer kind of the lighter, zippier kind of um, IPAs. But um, yeah, this is a, a big one, like a Chinook or something that really mm -hmm. is really pounds and chews. It's really good though. And it's really neat for, to see stuff like this coming out of Dayton because, you know, Dayton isn't one of those places you, you know, for so long you would think of as, you know, a brewing mecca. And, I, you know, it's nice to see that kind of switching and kind of changing they've kind of got, the same way Cincinnati uh, is. They're, they're, they've got, what, a, a, 
at, at least a half a dozen or maybe more. Mm, I think uh, they're the, up to about eight now. Eight, if, yeah. If, if you include Yellow Springs um, <laughs> Brewing and, you know. Hairless up, hair. Yeah. Up in Vandalia, mm -hmm. down over to Miamisburg. Um, Springboro, so, and I mean, there's. Yeah, if you count the new one, that Crooked Handle, I think it is, and that just opened in Springboro. Yeah, and then the one at uh, Carolyn Park is really interesting because it's it's back to the historical turn of almost two centuries ago worth of brewing, where it's very antiquated old equipment to go back to the historical way that they they brewed beer essentially when the country was being settled, not even the turn of the last century, and that's really kind of cool to see. You know, it's it's not even a glorified homebrewing system. If homebrewing was that hard, the homebrewers wouldn't do exist. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, I've been doing some research into that. Uh, I think we're going to head up there. Uh, my wife and I are going to head up there this weekend, so I'll have a full report next week. Um, Say something. Well, I'm just trying to... <laughs> <laughs> trying to, I'm trying to come up with, the, with an actual question that I want to ask. I want to relate it to, to craft beer to a certain extent, but um, uh, I guess what I want to say is things were rock, pop. I guess things got really popular uh, with the collecting aspect uh, when the craft brewers came on, but then when they started canning, I guess it was really a big, kind of a big. Well, yeah. even no, more yeah. of a even more of a, a boost to to the hobby. Well, well to, Dave, oh, if I can, to Dave's to Dave's point, um, you know, with the craft beer, um, you saw a lot of people start to collect, like myself, that would go around and collect glassware, like uh, the pint glasses, right, or, or right. The, and or the tasting glasses and the growlers. So I've got huge collections of pint glasses and and growlers and stuff. Um, but you had a, we had a lot of older people in the hobby that grew up in the hobby when it was uh, when the BCCA was called Beer Can Collectors of America, and they were used to collecting beer cans. And um, now that you see all these craft brewers um, canning their beer, that's where Dave's saying th they're kind of reinvigorated. So you see th these uh, collectors in their late 60s and 70s running around. Uh, from table to table to try to find a craft beer can that they don't have in their collection and or uh, running around to stores when they go to a show that's out of town to buy the local stuff that then they can um, uh, take to some other out-of-town show to, sure. to do some trading. Sure. So, so it's, you know, the, the, certainly the canning aspect of the, this new wave of uh, craft brewing um, has, uh, has certainly helped uh, – reinvigorate our hobby to some extent because do we do we find too that then the people who go and, and and purchase these new beers and stuff do they do they drink them do they try them is is, is it sort of a uh, is it sort of an organic like seeding of craft craft beer from around the country in different places that they're that they're taking the cans they're obviously emptying them i hope they're not pouring them down the sink um, uh, no no <laughs> and actually actually what's happening is kind of fun because some of them are coming out so fast now that they can't even consume them, you know, from, you know, if you go to three shows in a month, you know, to be able to empty everything prior to the right. show is a bit of a challenge uh, from that standpoint. So right. now what they're doing is some of them are trading, you know, well, these are some of the newest ones that I have that are still full. And then the other guy will say, well, these are some of my newest ones that are still full and they'll be trading full can for full can because they want to go home and try the beer from another area and that kind of stuff. So it's, it's sort of created this whole 
new way of appreciating the liquid inside the right, can right. where in the 70s and 80s when you got the can it wasn't so much for the liquid it was for the the, the container itself yeah. and you know and so now it's you know you've got people that weren't even into craft beer even three years ago now all of a sudden they're becoming experts of what's in the can instead of just the can it's right. been really cool to watch that, that happen that is and cool. or sometimes they don't the cans don't even make it home that we end up having a bottle slash can share at the at the shows and people sit around like we're doing now and you know little two three ounce tastings right. of, of everybody's beer and right. uh you know the cans get emptied and they have they have new cans for their for their collection you know, 40, 50 years ago, Cincinnati may have been an anomaly and there may have been a couple of other cities, but usually it was one city, one brewery. I mean, you'd have one one place and you'd get, a, you know, you'd get a can from, I don't know, maybe Falls City. And that was really the only local brewery in Louisville, for instance, or, or I don't know what else, maybe old style. Maybe there were two or three, four Chicago ones because it's such a big city. Um, now, there's... 21 breweries in Cincinnati alone. Another, you know, you know, half a dozen or so that we were talking like we were talking about in Dayton. Another half dozen, 10, 12 in Le- in Louisville and Lexington. So that's just obviously put just a huge amount of, of, of product, of collectability, of, of collectible items into the, into the stream for you guys, I guess. Yeah, and what, what people have all of a sudden just woke up and realized – there's now more breweries operating in the United States than ever before. And, you know, a lot of collectors early on that, you know, never got to get to this brewery before it closed, but they have a few items from it. You know, one that, you know, only made it into the 50s or didn't even make it out of Prohibition and stuff. Now you have a chance to literally, you know, have a brewery open up almost in your neighborhood that you witnessed, you know, grow from the ground up and everything. And it's just fascinating from that standpoint because, you know, it used to be, well, you know, Seattle and Portland and San Francisco and San Diego and other parts of the country are exploding Denver, with these Denver, you know, and now all of a sudden, you know, there's cities that rival Denver that weren't even on on the map. And you go to states like Montana and Wyoming where the population isn't even as big as Hamilton County, and they have more breweries than Hamilton County has, you know, operating inside of right, it. And right. it's just fascinating to watch. But these were states that were forgotten. They were sort of the cross, you know, the flyover states, if you will. Mm-hmm. It, you know, everything either happened on either coast. And now all of a sudden the craft beer movement has just exploded in the Midwest. And, you know, you can go to Indianapolis for a weekend. And in those Friday through Saturday, you can't get to all the breweries that are operating right, in right. Indianapolis. Right. And it's just fascinating from that standpoint. And you have, Is that you have a all challenge? the tour buses, everything. <laughs> I've been to them all already. I have too. Mm. I think. Well, actually, I won't say that. I think there's been a couple new ones that have opened recently. Uh, we're we're going to try another beer, and Noam brought this one in a growler. Tell us about this one, though. I think we talked about it last week at the uh, the Beer Week draft. Um, this is Blank Slate's Zesty, the Key Lime Goza, which I've got poured right here in front of me already and haven't even tried it yet, and I'm dying to. Scott makes wonderful beer. He really does. Yes, he oh, yeah. does. Uh, very, very... Very pale. I mean, very light colored. It, it does have a greenish tinge to it from and, where I'm sitting. Yeah. I don't know if that's the light or the actual beer, but 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 true to the true to the style in the sense that you know gozas were meant to be just a and you know a beer that was enjoyed, and you know and this was a style that absolutely 
it, until the craft movement came around, no one w- would have known about until this style. Just a until couple of years ago, and the first recently. one I ever had was at Ohio uh, Ohio Brew Week in Athens two years ago. It was the uh, uh, Mad Tree did one with I think they the did Mad it with Man. Blank Slate, right? Was Mad that Man. the Mad Madman with Listerman? Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, now you've got Anderson Valley making some great ones. Uh, you went Sierra to Nevada some, rolling out there. Sierra Nevada. So, you know, and what an interesting style where you know sea salt is as is important to this recipe as the hops and the malt that you use, and it's just interesting from some of those standpoints that you know this was one of the german ales that absolutely would have just been forgotten except for you know somebody discovered it and decided you these, know what these we goofy need to do craft this. brewers coming that's around. right exactly yeah westbrook <laughs> Let's probably do this <laughs> westbrook in south carolina probably was the one that really right. sort of brought the style out for people to experience it first commercially this is fantastic and i think he did this as a collaboration um and can't remember who it was with. I don't know if any of you guys know off the top of your head. Is no, this, I don't. Is this the one that Luke uh, won a competition with and uh, uh, and, and helped him brew, or, or I believe I, that sounds right to me. I, I won't swear to I that, have but my notes in front of me here. I'll see if I can Google it really fast. A lot of the breweries have been liking to put some of the flavorings and stuff in, in it, and, and this really does not have anything like that. It's just really pure. It's got the saltiness, and then just a, a slightly tart, lemony, sort of orangey flavor. And uh, I, I think it's good. I don't know it, if I'd want to. I don't know if I'd want to drink them all day. I think it's got a little bit too much saltiness. Yeah, I for think me. it's a way too salty for me. But but very refreshing, and that you you know yeah. it, it it's like you know. When uh, when Carrie Nation came to Vine Street and they were given you know all the the, the salty sausages and the pretzels and all that was free, you know, or it was a nickel for the lunch, you know, and then you know it was fifty cents for the beer, right? Because you know you 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 need it that standpoint. So that salt, you know, you get that natural reaction that you want you want to drink more as you get through it, and it has has a little bit of that. You know that citrusiness, like like uh, like a lime almost uh, in it of some kind as well. It reminds me a lot of the actual filling of a key lime pie, versus that uh, the key punch from um, from Urban Artifact, where you get some of that that crustiness from it, like that graham crackery kind of taste too. Um, but it does. I mean, it definitely screams key lime to me. I think it's good. Yeah. I think it's good. I think a little bit too salt. Like I said, a little bit too salty for me. But other than that, I I, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I'm with you in that. I could do probably a small glass of it. A a glass like Gnome's got there and and, and, and kind of knock that back and then move on to something else. Exactly. You you Um, put me in the sunlight and I can drink this all day, I think. (laughs) And then we're going to go back to an IPA. And probably everybody's had this uh, already, but me, but we were traipsing through Kroger's today and I figured I'd pick up a, uh, I'd pick up some just so that I could give it a shot. And uh, I think it's I had, delicious. I had any, had any yet. I'm excited to drink it again. And this is the, uh, Christian Norline Big Piney. Oh yeah, this is fun. This is with a big Sasquatch on the can. That's the other cool thing is the graphics, you, you know, the, the, the large national brewers, you know, they have to go almost through a focus group to get the packaging approved and stuff where the craft brewers, some of them are really throwing things against the wall or just coming up with, you know, incredible off the wall, great names. 
it, you know, for a punster like myself, right. it really uh, lends itself to a lot of fun so as, you, as well. Do you chalk yourself up as a hoof-hearted fan or a hater? Uh, I'm, I'm okay with the with the hoof-hearted. Uh, that's uh, that, that works fine. Personally, for me. I think it's brilliant. Yes, no, I, absolutely correct. I, I've been referred at work before as the Punisher. <laughs> so please don't get them started. <laughs> or if you'd like more, come to our events next Friday. Night. Yeah, there, yeah. Really, yeah. yeah, again, yeah. those those big northwest yeah. hops. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's. Um, yeah, when, when I, the pine drops came out from Deschutes, it had a lot of this same, you know, flavor that was driven right at, right at it. And it right. just, you know, it, it's fun because it's a way to show people that, you know, hops don't always make a beer taste like grapefruit. You know, they don't always make it it, it bitter in your in your mouth all squinch up or whatever. I mean, it just goes to show you the, the profiles that are out there. And uh, this really does play with all that, right. that evergreen and... So if it sounds like he's selling beer, I don't know whether he told you what his day job was. But I always think that uh, we, you know, the all those citrusy kind of IPAs have been really like at the forefront for a little while, and I was missing sort of the pinier ones, and so I really like this a lot. We actually had uh, the Moreline rep come in and bring it to the Overlook, and um, you know, I'm, I'm the beer person, so my boss gave it to me to try, and I like had like you know a sip of it, and I like put it, away, and I was like, oh, that's really good. I put it away, and I like kept like finding myself like wanting more and more of it to like keep going back, and I was like, all right, it's work. You can't get, can't get drunk. At work. But, <laughs> you, you were pining for another drink. I was <laughs> pining. Wow, way to go! I told you not to get him wound up. Way to go! I don't have my I don't have my rim shot over here on my sound effect need one uh the brewery collectibles club of america bcca the big time event coming up uh over saint patrick's day weekend march 17th 18th and 19th uh the 40th annual luck of the irish uh beer can show and collecting event and uh tell us a little bit about that guys 40 never looked so good it's uh, <laughs> it's really uh, really shaping up nice uh, we've got over 130 tables rented already uh, for the for the event we have uh, 11 different states already signed up to attend and we even have a couple flying in from costa rica wow. this year to celebrate the 40th uh, anniversary but it's uh, it's going to be uh, r- really nice. Uh, we've got uh, some really great stuff uh, for our raffle. We have an amazing raffle on Friday night as well as Saturday, and it's a chance for you to win some just incredible pieces for your man cave. It really is uh, a great setup. Although it doesn't have to be for a man cave. We also have plenty of women and kids right, involved right. in the hobby. Uh-huh. Um, so we you're were... telling me I can put it right above the fireplace in the middle um, of the living room? Once you buy it, <laughs> where you put it in your home, yeah. I guess, is you know up to you and or your significant you other. that, honey? He said Just it was make okay. sure you let her know that you paid money for it. You don't want her putting it on, it's the, a collector's uh, fire, item, on the fire or anything like that. Uh, listen, we're going to take a short break, and we will be right back. We've got Beer Dave, Doug Growth, and Steve Kirshner from the Cincinnati, uh, the Queen City chapter of the Rury Collectibles Club of America here on Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hi, Mike Cisneros here with a word about Brewhouse Dog Bones. By now, craft beer fans all over Cincy know the distinctive brown paper sack with a big red bone. You've seen it in great breweries like Mount Carmel, Listerman's, Rheingeist, 8 Ball, Braxton, and more. At just 5 bucks a bag, you know you can't find a more healthful or delicious treat for your best friend made from spent brewery grains, organic eggs, peanut butter, and brown rice flour. 
But did you know that Brewhouse Dog Bones is an educational program for developmentally disabled teens and young adults? It's available through the New Richmond, Cincinnati Public, Fort Thomas Public, Sycamore, Oak Hills, and many more school districts across Southwest Ohio and Northern Kentucky. For more information on where to find Brewhouse Dog Bones, or how to get your developmentally disabled loved one or your school district involved in the Brewhouse Dog Bones program, contact Lisa Graham at area code 513-520-0310 or visit www.brewhousedogbones.com. Give your dog the craft experience with Brewhouse Dog Bones. Hi, this is Danny Gould from Quaffler's in Greater Cincinnati. Hi, this is Brandon Hughes from Nine Giant Brewing in Pea Ridge. Hey, hi, this is Peanut from Eight Ball Brewing in Bellevue slash Newport. I'm Eric Bauman from Christian Moreland Brewing Company in Cincinnati, Ohio. Hi, this is Mitchell Doherty from Eight Ball Brewing in Northern Kentucky, Newport slash Bellevue. Hey, this is Mike Albaroff from Nine Giant Brewing in Pleasant Ridge. Hi, this is Mike Dewey from Mount Carmel Brewing Company in Mount Carmel, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Back here on Cincy Brewcast in the friendly confines of Cincy Brewcast Studio, high above Mount Carmel. Uh, Mike Cisneros along with uh, the gnarly gnome, Tina Cisneros, Angie Cisneros, and the gentlemen from the Queen City chapter of the Brewery Collectibles Club of America who are here to promote their 40th annual Luck of the Irish show and trading event. Uh, that's going to be March 17th, 18th, and 19th at the Cincinnati Airport Marriott Hotel in Hebron, Kentucky. Uh, contact uh, Beer Dave at Beer Dave at fuse.net visit www.queencitychapter.com and it takes place starting friday night uh through uh friday night through uh, saturday afternoon saturday afternoon uh march 17th 18th and 19th three-day registration for only 20 dollars, and that gets you access to all of the events that are going to take place which we'll talk about in a minute but right now let's talk about some of the stuff that you guys you guys have brought some stuff uh, you guys have uh, brought some examples and some samples of some of the uh, artifacts and some of the items that you guys uh, handle and, and deal with and trade. And, and I guess maybe the easiest, I guess the easiest question to start with for you guys is, what is the most popular item? I, I would assume it's still cans and do bottle. Do people really care about bottles that much? Um, yeah. I I would jump in to say it really. Uh, depends on the collector. Um, there are so many different pieces and types of brewery advertising. Some people have got, to, you know, have become very specialized. Others are more generalist, like I am. Um, um, however, um, I also try to try to find and concentrate on on certain things. Uh, we have some people that just look for old, the old neons. Some people, um, like Doug, and Doug can talk about it. Uh, since he since he hasn't talked a lot, but uh, he he just buys the uh, quart cans and, and collects a lot of those. Um, so oh, I see, yeah. Um, other others um, are just interested in pre-prohibition um, lithographs or pre-prohibition items, regardless of of, of what they are. Um, other people like the lights and the and the signs. Other people do collect bottles especially those that have um the pre-prohibition labels or and speaking of that some people just collect the labels themselves um so or or just the bottle caps right um yeah behind you on the wall you've got all these coasters right that's been another thing that we've seen a lot of the younger collectors be able to get into 
uh, the hobby because th they're picking up the coasters as they visit the breweries and they're getting the pint glasses or they're buying you know they're getting the bottle caps saving them off of the off of the the, the tops and you know and there's even special openers now that don't dent the uh, the cap when you open it and stuff so that they can keep it you know in a really nice form to save it and so that that's what you're seeing because you know you don't have to come into this with with uh, you know a bankroll you know you you can literally just by going down to your liquor store or, or your local brewery and and just start you know collecting the stuff the business cards that they they have there, there's you know you'll see collectors walking around at our show with shoe boxes trading different business cards with other collectors from all over just spending hours That's you funny. know with that and the coasters it, it it's really fascinating what is the what is the rarest item that you guys that is either the most sought after or something that is almost like a holy grail of the hobby or probably uh, one 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 item that every cincinnati area collector would love to have is a mint shaneling bach can in their collection uh, just the graphics on the can are just absolutely outstanding it was produced one year in the early 50s just a really nice beautiful rare can and there's probably in really good mint condition there's less than 100 known so that makes that can that much more you know sought after but it really depends on what they collect i mean there's that rare neon that that collector has to have or there's that that bottle or that etched glass or an embossed glass you know that stuff so it's just you know it's tough to nail down that one item but <coughs> even if you collected glasses you'd probably hang on to your mint chain link Bach can if you had one. Right, right. Well put, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, Doug I mean, what is your what is your sort of a niche, if you will? And and you said you mentioned, or Steve mentioned, you'd like the quart cans. And I never really, I mean, so that's got to be way before the late, the, at least before the late 60s, because I don't ever oh, yeah. remember seeing them. 40s and 50s, not primarily. Yeah. No, it's just... Uh, I'm a product of the 70s, 1979. Right. And I used to collect beer cans. And right. I had 7,000 different beer cans. And then I went off to college. So then went to the attic. It, it is so many. Although we have an acquaintance who has, I believe, 88,000 different cans. 88,000? Yes. Jeff Lebo, yeah. He's a, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. He actually he has he bought, a house. Yeah, he, he, bought he bought the house uh, that he that he collects <laughs> his collection is in and then he built a house for he and his wife to live in oh, because, okay. I was going to say does he have a wife I was going to yeah. say married <laughs> man is he yeah, very Ma understanding Mar married with kids he's he's a great guy a Pulitzer Prize winning wife if I'm not mistaken wow. yes that wow. is correct uh, tell us about the uh, can you have in your hand there it's got a, it's a burger it's got a red cap burger uh, it's as fuzz you ever in Cincinnati oh I see uh, well because as a child I had all these beer cans I got out of the hobby got back into it uh, actually in Lexington, Kentucky about 15 years ago. We had a national convention and I came to realize there's only about 500 different label variations on the quartz. Uh -huh. And it kind of reminded me of the oil can. Right, right. And for sentimental reasons, I didn't have any as a child. It's kind of a neat thing. You buy one, you share it with a friend on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, so I've been able to acquire quite a few. Some yeah. of them are very easy to obtain. A pass. Share it with a friend. Yeah, yeah. share it yeah. with a friend. They yeah. used to sell for eighty nine cents. But uh, the uh, the Pabst cans are fairly easy to obtain. Uh -huh. This is probably one of. There's probably fifty of these, is all in the world. Wow. And, and, and it, it, was it open on the bottom, or did it? No, this particular one was open at the top. You could, you as could. Dave referenced, a lot of the ones are 
Well, that's a whole other story. Yeah. Right. Yeah, <laughs> the bottom yeah. open cans. But no, it's just a neat thing for me. I uh, kind of reminds me of oil cans and uh-huh. Petroliana. Uh-huh. We call our hobby Breweriana. Breweriana right. is any item that has a brewery name on it, whether it be a coaster or a can. And then I notice over there on the table you Can have the newest iteration of of the quart can, which is they're calling the Crowler. That's correct. Uh, which is uh, they have available at Rheingeist and uh, and at Eight Ball and a couple of the other breweries around. And now that's a little bit different because it's not label it's not label specific. Uh, they put a paper label or something around the outside right. and then write the write the name on it. But uh, is that a growing thing? Is that something that's coming? Oh, uh, absolutely. Coming I would think there's three or four hundred different crowlers. Yeah. Oh, there's coming they're, out they're, every day. There may be three thousand by yeah, now already. Bet, it's, yeah, it's absolutely it's it's fascinating. But once again, you know that that's you know it, it's also a way that you know you got to drink the beer, you got to appreciate mm-hmm. it, and now you get to you know have a memento from that from that adventure whatever it was you know and that that's just what's the other thing that's exciting about it there's a lot of people when they started collecting cans you know they were in college and what they were doing was they would take and build a little pyramid on the wall of all the different beers they drank while they were in college and stuff (laughs) and you know and we have a guy in our in our hobby he's just known as number nine because he's been at it so long he was the ninth guy to join the bcca nationally <laughs> and wow. he's still still in it and when he was in college he was the last one packing up to leave the dorm and he said what are you guys going to do with this and like let's just let it go to the curb and he was wow. like no i can't you know there's some memories here and stuff and, and he started and at at one point in time he was in the guinness book of world's records as the largest beer can collection and wow. he's he since uh uh, shrunk a lot of his collection down over the years and stuff but still one of the most interesting guys you you could meet is is number nine in the hobby graduate of yale university that's correct yeah. and he drank all that beer at yale uh, how, uh, how, were his, how were his grades <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i also see you guys have uh some of the uh brewery trays here and i really ha- have always been a big fan of those for some reason i, I don't know why it's, it's they've appealed to me so much over the years but every time i go to a a, a craft brewery or someplace that's got a big collection of them i always stop and take a look i think the artwork on them is so incredible and almost a almost a a, a slice of life a lot of times uh or at least a slice of the times or a sign of the times uh that they were produced in um you know what are some of the more rare ones of those how, how you know well, this is one of the this one's not in the uh, you know pristine condition but this is one of the more sought after ones i would say it's again it's a, a burger i looked it up in the book from uh 35 um and down on the on the inside lip again it says vashu ever in cincinnati so this predates the uh, german hysteria that uh, surrounded uh, world war Two when uh, burger was uh, pretty much forced to uh Drop the umlauts over the U and, uh-huh. and get rid of to get rid of uh, some of the German verbiage in their advertising. So this is just a nice one of a man and woman sitting at the table with a small little you know what appear to be tasting glasses. Um, so it's just a nice uh, a nice a, really a nice cool. little yeah. nice little oval tray that uh, 
did they did they prefer to harken back sort of to the old to the olden days because you said it was 1935 that was that's not really a contemporary couple on the right on the, on the, on the, on what the it was was you know this was before there was tv you had radio possibly in some of the bars and that so you needed some visuals and these weren't even used as serving trays a lot of them were hung in the accounts sometimes it was sort of a reverse version of what a tray is and it was called a charger and it was ways to decorate and put graphics and get your name out there and stuff and one of the things interesting is on that label you see a camel used and the burger brothers they were the guys that took care of the malting operations they either delivered the malt from the river to the breweries prior to prohibition or they dealt with the spent grain and after the, the prohibition, they decided they would get into the brewing business, and they took over the old Windish Mallhauser uh-huh. brewery, and they decided that they were going to use the camel as their logo and really drive that home because the camel was the symbol of the dries because it was the animal known to go the longest without a drink. <laughs> and so that was their way of sort of giving the the, the – the prohibitionist the middle finger afterwards <laughs> when they opened the brewery and they stuck the camel on everything and that was their whole deal was you know you know this is a this is a guy that can drink a lot at one time and he didn't have to come back for a while because you know he's got such right. the tank on him and right. so that was sort of their way of of sort of taking that character and spinning it into a a more friendly you know I, i'm i'm okay to have a beer kind of a guy and then there's been a great a huge proliferation of glassware, I guess, here in the last five years of craft beer, especially here in Cincinnati. Uh, crested glasses, you know, everybody's got pretty much got their 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 own crest on on their glassware, which is a great development to me uh, for the uh, in the in the hobby. But tell us about the past. That that was a very important thing years ago too and and what part does that play in the uh in the, i think in, before you answer or we talk about yeah. that there's just a, oh there's a, the camel an, an example of one of the the advertisements that uh you know utilize the camel um and this is just a a book uh that talks about uh cincinnati brewing history it's a whole series of uh of books that uh rob musson did dr rob musson did and there are now six volumes of this some of them deal with one particular brewery this one just deals with um um uh windish mulhauser slash lion slash burger there's one that deals strictly with uh with more line there's one that deals with the, the um uh, downtown breweries the one uh, the breweries that were on mcmicken avenue which was at one point in time called brewers boulevard because uh, it had nine of the 18 breweries that were located in downtown over the Rhine West End were located along with what is now McMicken Avenue. So there's a volume on that. Um, so th- these are these are nice little reference books that give you a history of all the all the various breweries and um, then also some neat uh, shots of uh, some of the different advertising that people have collected and that other people will look through and say, oh. I need that. So you want to you want to talk about a, a desirable piece? If anybody finds a, a burger brow like globe uh, like this one, I would love to yeah, have one cool. of those. 
And Dr. Musson will be at the show. He's registered to, to attend. He'll bring a number of these books that he'll have for sale. He'll autograph them. They're, they're really a great way to learn about some of the, the different breweries. And like Steve said, he's really drilled down to even particular areas of the various cities. He's done these in Columbus, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Toledo, as well as uh, Cincinnati. And he's just uh, really done a great job of uh, quite the service for the hobby as well as preserving the history. Getting back to the glassware, prior to Prohibition, the glasses were, most of them were provided by the brewery because a lot of the, 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 the actual bars were tied houses. So, you know, it may have been a Christian Moorline bar. It may have been a Windish Mallhauser bar, a Wiedemann. You know, the, the, the bar that is at Pompilio's today in Newport was built by a carpenter that the Wiedemann Brewery had on their staff, and he would go around and build these beautiful wow. ornate back bars and stuff, and one of those still exists at Pompilio's today. But the glasses were provided by the brewery. They had their logo. They used to be an acid and etched uh, on there with acid, and then before that they were embossed, and then that way the etching wouldn't wear off and stuff. So it was just really a, a great way to make sure that your name was out there now a lot of that's returning with all the different shapes of the glass and the sizes and stuff it's really been good fun to to see all of that yeah steve's got this great burger glass that's got a little quote on it and and stuff yeah to, just to drive that know, point it just home. seems like we're pushing burger i just happened to grab a few things that were accessible but i've got uh several pre-prohibition this is not pre-prohibition this is probably the 50s 50s i think and it just says on it uh, drink hearty of this golden brew and know the joys of life. Golden sunshine happy hours away from care and strife. <laughs> that's cool, though. Yeah. that's And that's not really much different. Look, there's a there's a big t diatribe on the side of this can from Christian Moorline. There's a big story on the side of the uh, Oregon Alley IPA from, from this. From di so it's, it's, there's nothing new under the sun ever. And, and so it just looks like it's, just, it's, it's happened again, you know. Well, and that's what the breweries like about the cans because the billboard that you get to use, you know, to put a bottle label that gives you that much space to tell your story and that would be incredibly expensive from an applying standpoint of the machinery as well as all the, the design and everything that goes behind it where with the can, you know, it's not going to scratch off in the cooler or, you know, soak off in the, in the you know, in the bottom and that kind of stuff. So it was a great way to really drive that point home as well. Again, the uh, Brewery Collectibles Club of America 40th Annual Queen City Chapter Luck of the Irish Show uh, taking place uh, March 17th, 18th, 19th, uh, which is in two weeks' time uh, at the uh, Cincinnati Airport Marriott over in Hebron. You all know where that is. Uh, huge trade event open to the public 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. starting Friday night at 7 p.m. Uh, Big-time raffle, room-to-room -room trading. Uh, hospitality room open at 7 p.m. on Thursday. Uh, Three-day registration for only $20, and you'll be able to meet and pick the brain of Beer Dave, Doug Groth, Steve Kirshner, and many more at the 40th Annual Luck of the Irish uh, Bruriana Extravaganza taking place uh, uh St. Patrick's Day weekend. Listen, we're going to take another short break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hi fans, I'm going to tell you about the new apparel supplier to Cincy Brewcast, Pastura Screen Print. Mario Pastura has built his family business with the craft beer movement in mind. 
They've done custom items for Old Firehouse, Listerman, and many more. Screen printing to embroidery, Pastura Screen Print has the answers for your custom apparel and marketing needs. Contact Mario or any of the pros at Pastura Screen Print at 513-550-2271 by email at pastura.screenprint at gmail.com and coming soon at www.pasturascreenprint.com. The craft of custom apparel is Pastura Screen Print. And then what's gone absolutely off the hook is the is the bottle series, the trunk series, and then the... Uh, the funk, the, the funk, funk series, series? yeah. When, when can we, can we, when can we <laughs> see some of that? We've just been teasing that for the last like, year. <laughs> that's a joke. That's a big inside joke around here, right? Oh, all those people are waiting for the funk series. Oh. We were actually joking, joking about that the other day. You said, you know, what if we actually just never released a funk series beer? And the labels kept coming out. Then it just becomes this legend. Like, oh man, have you, did you see the latest? Funk and then you float it, float it, like yeah. you know. Noam says, oh yeah, they, they gave me a little bit last. I week. would it's totally really bite amazing. on that if you guys started putting. <laughs> Labels there that I would. <laughs> this week in beer, and uh, we've got a. Uh, of course, we are being joined by uh, Beer Dave, uh, Doug Groth, and Steve Kirshner from the Queen City chapter of the Brewery Collectibles Club of America, BCCA. And uh, we will get back to these guys in just a moment. And what, what we want to do is we want to take a short break and do a little This Week in Beer because there's a hell of a lot of stuff going on. But uh, what we're going to do is Angie's going to tweet it out, and we want any of you folks out there who might be listening uh, on, uh, on Periscope tonight that uh, – to send us your questions or comments uh, for our panel tonight. If you've got especially any items that you're not sure, it, sometimes it's hard um, for these guys to, uh, if they can't take a look at it and really assess the condition and so forth. Uh, but if you've got some stuff out there uh, that you're interested in wondering uh, what, you know, what the value of it might be, what its collectability might be, uh, send us a, send us a tweet at, uh, at Cincy Brewcast and, uh, we will, uh, ask these guys if we get anything, uh, send us, send us a question and we will ask these guys, uh, what's going on. Big thing this week in beer. Uh, I played the, uh, liner from Kenny McNutt, uh, that we did a, what now, a couple of months ago, um, when we met with those guys over at, uh, at Mad Tree to talk about Mad Tree 2.0 and uh, the the whole funk series fake out kind of thing, which is a really funny uh, liner to me. But it's coming true beginning this Friday, and Tina's uh, heavily involved in uh, the event where the beers are going to be tapped. Yes, correct. Um, it's the weekend is um, called Pucker Up Buttercup, <laughs> and it's um, the it's basically a little Cincinnati Sour Festival. It's going to be at Liberty's Bar and Bottle Friday and Saturday. Um, and try the strawberry lemon tarts from Catch Fire Pizza because they're pretty delicious. And who's going to make, be making said strawberry Maybe lemon the tarts? resident pastry chef. I Maybe the resident. Who is the resident pastry chef over myself. there? <laughs> and what are you pairing those babies with? It's, Obli- it's, it's the, the strawberry Levanto is the is the sour. The, the It's a, the, the Madri... Um, the first Funk Series beer, I guess. And um, it's absolutely incredible, and it's super tart. And so it's it's got the strawberry, and so we wanted to do, like, a kind of play on, like, strawberry lemonade almost. 
Um, so that was sort of what we were doing with the dessert. We're doing a special sort of funk pizza. It's going to be a grape and gorgonzola pizza. Wow. Um, that, you know, will pair kind of, you know, a little sweet, little like kind of funky. Sweet and salty. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we're going to have a few other of our regular sort of pizza offerings at the um, at the festival. But it should be a lot of fun. I that's Liberty's Bar and Bottle is a really cool little bar. I like it a lot. Um, so it should be a good time. And then the bottles, the bottles are finally going to come out. We don't know finally come out. We don't know what exactly is being released. I don't think they said, but I think that there was a bottles plural mentioned. So it might be a multiple bottle release. Um, we'll see. But it's um, the third, I believe. Does that sound right? That it's sounds a, right. It's a I Sunday. Think it's a Sunday. Yeah. And there, because there was some Ooh. stuff on the owl. Ooh, what is ouch. that from? What, oh, what it's her headphones. Yeah, um, it's my headphones. It's been killing my ears. Well, that's because you got to put it on your head. No, because your, it's too loud. Head, no, screams. your headphones are in front of the microphones. <laughs> what? Yeah, that causes the feedback. Which ones are yours? These ones. There, it's in the first one. Okay. Here, how's that? We'll fix it. All Better. you got to do is fix it. Yeah. Well, I don't um, know how. <laughs> uh, and then. Um, this we was, both spent a lot of time down. Oh, well, go ahead. Well, the, the, with with you know, the, we're talking about some of the news that was released this, this week at Bachfest. They did right, a, right. a brewers panel, which I know I saw Steve in the room at the time. Um, I don't know if you caught some of the stuff that was going on. You get you get some of those brewers. Very, very little. I was in the back. Uh, I, and I was I, I was sitting s- there s- selling. This tickets. man <laughs> was one of the hardest working. I it saw was. him on Friday night. He was one of the hardest working men in that building. I'll tell you. I I, I was my, I was kind of blown away because I you know there was a whole room of people you know pounding their Bach beer and these brewers are sitting up there kind of doing the same thing and they were getting a little loose with some of the stuff they were talking about. Yeah. And I think a lot of people were missing out on some of the stuff that they were saying. I and, I'm, I'm just gonna say I saw um, Chris Shields brewer at Rheingeist after he left Bachfest that night and it was definitely a loose situation. You, 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 could, have, you could have gotten his bank code out of him. I could, yeah. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about what you heard, um, Gnome. Obviously, um, the Funk series was was uh, mentioned and um, Kenny McNutt mentioned that 2.0 is still scheduled to be um, done this year, which I thought was interesting because um, I was pretty positive it's such it a huge s- project it's spring. almost inconceivable yeah, it's, it's inconceivable it's hard to imagine that it's going to be done um by the end of the year it's also really sad to think about Tree moving that's what they're saying that's so um uh bad tom announced sort of mentioned that they're doing their lunken beer fest again this year which is exciting not only for them but you know another beer festival and to see if some of those kinks from the first year can be worked out and uh they took last year off. They right? took last year yeah. off, un- understandably for them. But, right. Um, so that'll be exciting to kind of see how they do it, how the city kind of embraces Bad Tom a little bit, and see how that new relationship kind of starts to build um, versus you know the old ownership versus the new right. ownership. Um, sorry, I'm looking at my notes here. See what else I was trying to to take desperate notes the whole time as I'm beer in each hand and uh, my phone in the other one trying to <laughs> trying to keep track you of have everything three hands? they're saying. I had to that day. <laughs> um, lots of talk about sourcing Ohio ingredients. Um, I know Blank Slate was talking about their desire to get some more Ohio ingredients, some Ohio malt things like that. Um, Listerman mentioned, or yeah, Listerman mentioned that. Um, the, the, the school has planted a garden for them, basically. You know, some one of the agricultural programs or something like that right across the street has a garden where they're planting, you know, basically whatever ingredients um, they wanted for the next year um, to go into their beer. So I, I think you're going to see some really cool um, fresh ingredients in some of their releases in the next year. Uh, more line. 
Uh, well, this one just says Tom Stryker Hole is eating noodles the entire time. Which, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> again, I was drinking, so my notes are a little... Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, there was a little bit of talk about um, um, some interesting packaging coming from Moreline, maybe some 15 packs, you know, things like that, like the Founders Ooh, that's All awesome. Day. Um, something like that, I don't know. Um, yeah, in what capacity. But they've got three that they're coming out with. They're oh, going to put the OTR in a 15-pack can pack? with a new re- redesign. They're going to do a Purity Pills, and then they'll also have Ooh, a, an that, IPA way, called Third Wave IPA. And, and so they'll we'll all have, be in 15 packs? We'll have three offerings in 15-pack cans That's exciting. from, uh, from Moreline, and That's that'll really be, cool. be nice. Well, it'll be a chance to you know, get some quaffable craft beer at a, at a you know, discounted right, price right, now. Right, right, right. Uh, we have a little bit of Woodburn news there. Still looking at May to June open. Uh, I saw da, 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 da. I saw Sean Willingham walking around at the Bachfest Friday night. Uh, he said they're getting close. Their equipment uh, they tweeted is a in picture. the building. They tweeted a picture of him hugging one yeah. of the tanks the other day. I saw Brett Coleman Baker down there. Brett, by the way, I'd like to give a shout out to Brett and all the guys over at Urban Artifact. Said some very very nice that were greatly greatly appreciated by us. Uh, said some very very nice things about us and the fact that they gather around on a Tuesday or a Wednesday when they're doing their paperwork and put the podcast on and listen to it. Uh, they've been great supporters of, of, of us from the beginning. Uh, one of our first interviews. Uh, so we just want to give a shout out to those guys. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. And they've got their first anniversary coming up. Braxton in two weeks, Which, right or three weeks. And, um, and I'll have some very exciting, yeah. exciting news about some of the variants on Wednesday. And then, and then, uh, and then, Urban Artifact on the twenty fourth of April. Uh, and we all we discussed, you know, doing something right. with those guys either before that or on that day. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, but we'll definitely be covering, uh, providing extensive coverage. Taft has the, got there of the. They opened what the year ago opening day. Yes. Opening day yeah. So their first year's anniversary is approaching, and I'm sure they've got gotta have something. Going I'm on. sure now that Bachfest weekend is over, they've got <laughs> something that they will soon announce. I, I don't know whether they have anything planned or not. I'm not. Oh, insane, I'm, sure I'm not I can't, I can't but, imagine they will. But have I, something. I, knowing those guys over there, I'm sure they've got some type right. of celebration that's going to occur. And then uh, right down the street from studio here, Mount Carmel, finally let slip that there is a tap room expansion coming. Um, a two-story taproom addition. They must have really been drinking yeah. some yeah. Yeah, so, so, so they're, they're, they're finally letting some stuff slip about it that uh, that I think is exciting. For, Saw a little bit the of their stuff aging in uh, in barrels over there. Yeah. Uh, then uh, on some of the on some of the groups on some of the craft beer groups, uh, it's been kind of gotten out that uh, the Imperial IPA, which has been a great great beer in, in Cincinnati over the last one of one of the better beers that's been released in Cincinnati over the last couple of years, is going to go away at least it's, for a at least for a, a short period of time shifting it's it's um it, the time you're going to see it on the shelves it's going to be go back to the imperial stat or the uh snapshot status where it's on at certain times a year on, off at other ones you know kind of when they can brew it they'll brew it and when they can't they they won't so and i'll take a take a small hiatus uh, from time to time right. as they, because they have to ramp up in between for other seasonals in that and which just, sap attack up some some actual time you know in the fermenters and it's just a, a matter of how can you make the tanks right. uh, the tanks work also the 23rd of april this year is the 500th anniversary of the reinheitskabult yeah and, and more like and a more special is, release it, for that they're one. going to re actually uh, on our show they told us that they were going to be re-releasing the original 
19 whatever 70s 1981 recipe recipe of the christian moorline uh lager and uh, they were going to be doing that uh as part of the reinheist gebot 500th anniversary celebration so listen all that and more you can find out on the larionome.com he's gonna and you say wednesday there's going to be a a, a, wednesday some some big braxton which you know if you're listening to this on the podcast (laughs) as soon as you finish go over there and read what i've what i've got up there but Next week we're going to be again, Tina, at the um, at the Overlook Lodge. The Overlook Lodge. We're going to Yay. be doing a, pl- a show about Pleasant Ridge. We're going to meet with uh, your folks from Overlook Lodge. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about uh, everybody that our folks that are going to be joining us from over there. Uh, we're going to. It's going to be me. We're going to have Trevino, Jacob Trevino, right? yeah. um, the owner, and maybe maybe his uh, fiance, who's also sort of our marketing kind of person and whatnot, um, Katie Frazier, and. Um, I think that's and me and we're gonna have I'm gonna I'm gonna be doing double duty I'm gonna be doing and we're uh, gonna have Mike and, and and we're gonna be having Mike and, and we get Mike right, and Brandon ask myself questions. from from Nine Giant uh, have, yes uh, yeah sure? we have to we have to firm up on that but I saw them the other day and I think that it, uh, it will be and happening. then is anybody else gonna join us or uh, n- as far as we know at this point no that's next week here on Cincy Brewcast the twenty first. Go ahead. 21st, we are talking to, is that our Wiedemann show? Yes, that's what you said. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know which week is right, which. I have a text right in front of me <laughs> with the Newberries. I don't know which one is first. Yes. Who is in the middle of their Kickstarter campaign. So if you haven't headed over and, and looked at some of the stuff they have on there. Yeah, they've um, got some nice. Uh, do that also. Some nice swag available for the, uh, contributors. The Wiedemann army. Um, and so. then. And then the following week, the 28th, we are going to be doing our second, I guess you could call it, uh, Cincy Brewcast on location. Right. Next week is Cincy Brewcast Live. Cincy Brewcast on location on the 28th, we are going to go into a place that we have been trying to get. Trying desperately been, to book it. We've been trying desperately to book it. We had some hiccups and some problems uh, back in the summer uh, when we had a chance to meet with those guys. Or no, not in the summer, but back in uh, December when we had a chance to meet with those guys and I was able, unable to do it. We're going to go to 50 West. Uh, we're going to meet with those guys in the tap room uh, on a Monday afternoon. The place is closed, but uh, we'll be talking to those guys about everything that's going on, the bike thing, the volleyball thing, the the, the, the changing the, the, the production Beach, brewery, the production the kayaking, brewery, the yeah. kayaking, yeah. Uh, the spelunking, and all the other stuff that they're going to be. <laughs> I wouldn't look. I wouldn't be surprised. And then one last thing, and then we'll get off of this, and we'll get back to the uh, to to uh, the BCCA guys. Is we will be attending the Braxton celebration the Braxton one year anniversary celebration and oh. we will be doing some man in the street interviews we'll be more talking on to location some stuff too. and we will be on location and we will roll those in uh, we will either do a special uh, podcast we'll put together with that stuff or we'll roll those into a future program right. so uh, but we will get we, we, what we're going to do is instead of really having uh, all we've had those guys on a lot instead of really having uh, Evan and Jake and those guys on uh, we decide we're going to go down and probably get some interviews with some of the back and some of just the regular customers find out what they've uh, what their experience has been with Braxton this year, and uh, well, you know maybe we'll get a chance to talk to some of those guys. Who knows? And then next week, when uh, if you tune in to the uh, to our live event, we will have our announcement of April's live event. Also, oh yes, we do have a live and event ready in to April go. ready to go. So listen, that's all of that. That is this week in beer. <laughs>
We'll be back uh, for the last, oh, I don't know, 20 minutes or so of the program with uh, Dave, uh, with Beer Dave, Doug Groth, and Steve Kirshner from the Queen City chapter of the Brewery Collectibles Club, Club of America. Right after this, you're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. This is Steve Shaw. This is Eric Bosler. Hi, my name is Gamal Nagy. Hey, y'all. This is Sean Willingham. This is Brett Coleman-Baker. Hi, I'm Scott LaFollette. Hi, this is Evan Rouse. Cellar Dweller Craft Beers. Darkness Brewing. Rivertown Brewing Company. Admissible Brew Works. Urban Artifact Brewing. Blank Slate Brewing. Braxton Brewing Company in Covington, Kentucky. In Cincinnati. In Northside. In Hamilton, Ohio. Bellevue, Kentucky. Mar, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast. Cincy Brewcast. And you're listening to Cincy Brewcast. The voice. The voice. The voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs> Trust. Beef trust. Yes, my my Beef great trust. Great, Beef trust? Yeah, my great great grandmother uh, and her sisters were known around Mount Healthy as the Beef Trust. Why? <laughs> they were they were big women. <laughs> Uh, we 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 never we never hear we never hear enough of Dan Listerman here on uh, Cincy Brewcast. We we were we were so happy to, that he joined us for a few minutes over at the uh, craft beer draft uh, over at Rheingeist last last week. Was that last week already? Two weeks ago, it feels like it was, it feels it was, like it was a month ago. Uh, but uh, always, uh, always good to see Dan Listerman, and uh, we're definitely going to get back over there to Listerman's uh, at some point in the near future. We've got about a, another 10, 15 minutes left with uh, the Breweriana guys: Beer Dave, Doug Growth, Steve Kirshner. Um, Tell us, uh, you have a stein in front of you, uh, Moorlines, Cincinnati, Bach. Well, we were just uh, talking beautiful. about all the all the all the news that you learned at at Bachfest, and this is um, whereas Moorline now owns the Hudipole brands. It used to be that Hudipole owned the Moorline brands, <laughs> and you know was responsible for bringing out and bringing back um, the Moorline brand. And this was. Uh, put out, I think, in 93 or 94, the first or second year um, when Bachfest occurred. And so they had a this nice ceramic, blue ceramic mug, as well as a, a gorgeous tap handle um, that was uh, kind of mirrored this. And these are just a, you know, I just thought since since we just finished sure. Bachfest, we needed yeah, to bring, bring some type of uh, Cincinnati. You'd have gotten a lot of compliments if you'd have been walking around drinking your uh, Bach beer out of that. Bed yeah, there. and everybody. Yeah, the problem is I would couldn't have let let it down for <laughs> more than more than a second because it would have gotten broken and or not to mention disappeared. I don't in know no how time. many Bachs you could have drank out of that before you would have been asleep. Before, yeah, <laughs> I, I was I was working a lot. I I, I couldn't. You know, That's a big. I was bump. lucky to get one in every every once in a. So there were some fantastic beers down there too. Absolutely, shout out I, to some I of thought these. I thought the Utapol uh, Festbach was fantastic. I mean, I really really liked it. There was some good stuff. So, um, tell us about that type of stuff. Tell us about the the more of the, like the stein, not so much the glassware, but the steins and things like that. I've got, gosh, probably sixty. I've got probably well, I've got. I think every year is representative of my Oktoberfest steins, but maybe one or two. Uh, but other than that, and, and and I don't have the the liter stein for all of them. Some of them I've got the the half liter, but but I've got I've got almost all of them. And I know most people probably have a ton of them, so those probably aren't really worth a lot. Um, some of the earlier ones before, because um, I also started collecting them. And at first, I just started collecting the half liter ones, and then I went back and started to fill in all of the 
the leader ones. So it really depends on when they were. So the very first ones, they kind of did independently, uh-huh. and they didn't know that the event was going to last, so they didn't, really, they didn't have a, um, a year on them. Once the event got going, they started putting the year on, on each one. Uh, so the first, I think, like three years didn't have years on them. Those are worth a little bit more because they didn't produce that many. Again, the value of items has to do with um, the, the number that are still available, the condition that they're in, and then the demand for them. Um, but I, I, as, uh, I mean, to me, it's just fun to, to have all of, all of the years. Some, some of the early ones, you know, maybe worth 20, 30 bucks. The, the leader ones are worth a little bit more. Um, some of the later ones, um, they started having Rostal do them, which is the same German company that does the, the Munich Oktoberfest right, ones. Right. So for a period of time, they were doing them. I think they switched vendors and got away from using Rostal. Um, Those were like, the ones I couldn't afford. <laughs> right. Because yeah. I think they were charging 40 or $50 for those. Right. Yeah, and, and yeah. I was more with about the, the $20 or $25, you know, one that that's silk screened in that. I also have probably 50 or 60, I know I'll get, you know, hate mail for this, but I probably got 50 or 60 of the various Budweiser Steins, including probably 15 or 20 of the winter ones, you know, the winter, the Christmas series ones. Um, yeah, I, I've got some of these sort of limited edition ones that have the endangered species and different other various things on them. Uh, what do those, what are the, you know, what are those? Not uh, what, they're not, not worth not, what you paid not for what, them. Not what I paid <laughs> for them, huh? Well, I have, I have, I also have a few cases of those that I was a member of the, the, the member series and have all the membership was and we have a guy that specializes in steins um and again it depends on where they were made the subject matter of the stein but unfortunately um those budweiser ones there was for a while they were real hot and and they were like beanie babies yeah where everybody wanted them so uh budweiser just started cranking out series after series and bigger edition sizes and bigger edition sizes. So because they had these... That's me this time. Oh, Sorry. Wow. <laughs> I was well, like, wow, it doesn't normally yeah. ring that hard on the table. Well, the, the, there's, there's two ways to spell the word collectible. If you spell it with an I, it means something that was that became a collectible sort of as an afterthought sort of a deal, like a, a logoed beer glass that maybe was made for that company to sell in their pub and whatever and they logoed their glasses and stuff or a beer can that kind of stuff collect table with an a it refers to things like avon bottles beanie babies and those are things that are manufactured to be collecting to collected and that's so the bug ones are collect able yes and that's and where that that's where yeah. that 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 downfall sure. came with that because all of a sudden people realized well you know they're just spewing these out to to spew these out sure, kind of a deal sure. and stuff right. but but the thing you have to remember with any collectible i or a is basically that you know it's the experience you know it's something that you know you and your wife you and your girlfriend you know you and your brother or something like that sure. you know th- that kind of stuff you know you know and then you had some other things that you know so all of a sudden everyone in their house has that little corner 
that sort of just grows into this little shrine to something. Yeah, it's a it, personal thing. Know, I mean, I got a lot of those winter steins for Christmas. You know, that was one of the things that was always on my Christmas list. So I, re- you know, I got a lot of those for my folks. Uh, I remember there is the uh, there is a the Los Angeles Olympic one. I don't know if you guys have ever seen sure, that one. Right. And it was the la- it was on a display in the Kroger store. It was the last one. And I remember picking it up and saying, you know, that's coming home with me. I'm just, I'm a big Olympics guy, you know, as much as I am beer. So, right. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's, it, it's about the experience of mm-hmm. getting it or finding it or whatever too. And that's just almost as important as whatever, whatever the, whatever the monetary value is. Yeah. There was a story last week where someone found a, a bag that had oh, like yeah. seven or nine baseball cards. <laughs> yeah, the Ty Cobb, the, the old baseball the cards. Old yeah. Tobacco ones with uh-huh. Ty Cobb and sure. stuff. You know, here's something where this guy had had no remembrance of what he had. His his relatives found it as they were dismantling the house after the guy had passed, and so here's something that is is now valuable, and they're going to probably realize some great things from this. But it brought no joy to a lot of people for a long time, right. and right. now the joy that it's going to bring is the money that those cards will realize. Where you, you know, even if it's just you know five or six cool mugs from a trip to Europe or, you know, to the, the Minster Oktoberfest, whatever it is, you know, those are just great memories that when sure. you see that, you think back to it. And that's really what the hobby's all about more than anything. I mean, I've been around all these people for 40 plus years and we're not cashing out. This is, this is our way to, you know, spend some of our hard earned money. This is also some of the ways for us to socialize, explore the history, learn about the new breweries and the old breweries. You, you know, it, it it's no different than any other hobby that somebody would have. It's just a way to use up some great time. Steve's got, you've got some pictures and some stuff that was sent to us on Twitter. Yeah, I, I, I did, <laughs> but I do remember what they were. One, one was a Brooks tray. These so. are from Ohio Valley hops. Yeah, our friend. Oh, our friend from Dave. Uh, Dave at Ohio so, Valley. Hops. Sure. Great local, local things to have on the wall. Um, Brooks was the brand of beer from the Bruckman Brewing Company, which is, um, the building still stands. It's it was one of the more northern breweries um, on the canal, if you will, and it's up by Cincinnati State. So it's near uh, Central Parkway and Ludlow Avenue. The building is still standing. If you drive up 75, either north or south, and you look over to your right or left, you will see a, a chimney or a smokestack rather that says Worthmore Chili. That used to be the Bruckman Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, the first brewery after Prohibition to I have their beer rolling out the door. That, that's exactly correct. And when they when they gave it up, uh, they sold to Bavarian, who was one of the, the first one on the Kentucky side to, to come back as well after Prohibition. And uh, the other piece that he sent is a picture of the old Moorline crock bottle. And these came in a couple of different sizes. This is a, it's a nice item. They go for anywhere from 25 to $50, but there's so many of these because what would happen is when they would dig up an old sewer or an old privy and stuff, Uh they found a lot of these because nothing was going to destroy these. I mean, these were fired on ceramic crock, you know, devices. And so unless they were broken, you know, they stuck around, but what a cool piece. I mean, it just throws back to that before, you know, this was this was at the turn of the last century prior to these were prior to 1905, 1892. The bottle cap was was invented in 1905. The blob top that we know became the standard 
bottle that was used by all the breweries so that they could actually interchange their bottles and they didn't have to have a right. separate bottling line right. for every company in that. So so th those were all prior to 1905, which is really a, a cool thing to have. And they were we had, filled uh, with a cork and a wire bale. We had somebody bring a larger one. As Dave mentioned, there's two sizes. And um, the, the larger ones, if they're in really good shape with um, with no chips on them, I've seen go as high as you know seventy five dollars. The smaller ones, as Dave mentioned, if they're in really good shape without chips, they go anywhere from twenty five to fifty. Um, the larger size is probably forty to seventy five. The one somebody came in at uh, Bachfest, there were several of us set up selling a few items and answering questions, and somebody brought one in and. Um, we gave him permission to sell it off our tables, and uh, I think he got forty dollars. But the prob cool. the problem was it had a nice big chip right in the middle of the graphic, which kind of um, made it non attractive to the people that were selling. Right. He offered it to us, and and we all have have at least probably half a dozen a piece. <laughs> uh, don't need the, we want we want pristine ones then and, right. and, and stuff. So, but the tray itself was probably the Brooks tray um, was probably. Fifty to sixty dollars. Nice. I would. I would love to see. Depending more on the condition. Re-release some kind of series of beer in big crock bottles like that. It would be really cool. That maybe, would. Maybe that uh, anniversary Reinhardt's beer or something. We, we got to wrap it up. But hint, hint. real quick, I wanted to ask you guys first of all, what's what is the what is the what is one of the hotter or more sought after? And I know you mentioned the. Um, um, oh gosh, I can't the shameling box so The shameling box can. Yeah, is there anything else that's that's really hot that people are really looking for? If, and then and then something that's newer, something that's from maybe the craft beer movement that uh, oh, you guys are seeing brown that's being really sought after. I would just say, <laughs> if in doubt, pull it out, put it in the car. If you can't come and enjoy the whole weekend, that's if you just come out said. to our show on Saturday. Yeah. From 9 to 12 even. Yeah. There'll be a lot of knowledgeable people there okay. that will be happy to share their information and give you... Yeah, we sort of do feedback. sort of an, an Aleteaks Roadshow. Uh, if you, yeah. if, you okay. have a, if you have an old beer item that you want to bring by, sure. you know, and kind of find out what the value is, that kind of stuff. That's cool. You know, there are enough people in the room that, you know, somebody in that room specializes in that and can give you an idea of the history and the, and the age and the value. Is there anything in particular you guys are got your eyeballs peeled for that you're kind of trying to... But I like the Northern Kentucky breweries. Anything yeah, yeah. Wiedemann, Bavarian, that's okay. that's really stuff. And, and I was a brewer at Oldenburg, so it's always nice when something turns up uh, from Oldenburg that I yeah. hadn't seen in a long yeah. time. Uh, speaking of which, as I was digging things out, I found a, a pair of Oldenburg socks that are brand new if you want a, <laughs> you want a pair of Oldenburg socks. <laughs> I, I'm a no-socks-before-marriage kind of guy. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, just old, I'm a can man. Yeah, but I would admire your deck of cards. Oh yeah, the, I hope yeah these were conceived at the friendly stop in Glendale about two years ago. Oh, were they? Yeah. Wow, that's pretty cool. He's right talking about the bicycle, uh, card bicycle uh, craft beer yeah. deck. Uh, you can make a full house out of the Cincinnati. <laughs> some of the Cincinnati breweries, by the way. So uh, listen, it is the uh, Brewery Collectibles Club of America, the BCCA, the Queen City Chapter, the fortieth annual 40 years they've been doing this luck of the irish uh collecting show and uh display and all that uh over uh saint patrick's day weekend march 17th 18th 19th uh 2016 at the cincinnati airport marriott hebron kentucky uh three-day registration uh for twenty dollars uh this is a thursday afternoon room to room trading with hospitality room open at seven friday afternoon room to Room to room trading uh, from and from 7 p.m. till uh, whenever uh, beer day. 
Dave and the Famous Raffle. Huge trade event on Saturday. Open to the public 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Guys, I can't thank you enough. We really enjoyed the talk tonight. And uh, visit the Queen City Chapter at www.queencitychapter. Uh, for more information, you can contact uh, Beer Dave Gauspole. Very good. Gaza Pole. Gaza Pole. Yeah. at uh, Beer at net. Uh, they also have a page on Facebook. Uh, Beer Dave, Doug Grove, Steve Kirshner from the Queen City Chapter. Guys, thanks for joining us here on Cincy Brewcast. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Mike, we, thanks we, a lot. We really enjoyed it. It was a great subject, and uh, it was uh, great to have such knowledgeable guys on. If I could, just real yeah, quick, sure. though, I just wanted to give a special thanks to Chris Breeden down at Arnold's. He did. Uh, send over a bottle uh one of the oh. limited edition oh. bottles of um the coffee infused uh, emancipator we didn't get a chance at that i put it in the freezer uh, <laughs> it should be good it's only been there an hour right? but uh yeah he he got word that i was coming over and uh, uh we will have a couple of those bottles uh one each in the raffle and those okay. were, those right. were limited to 300 bottles and they were each uh numbered as well so uh, that uh i know a lot of people that end up buying will will end up throwing them so you will see less than 300 of those uh on the market okay. at any given point in time well, so those if, are if, if, I, again i just want to thank uh, send out a, a huge shout out to chris breeden for for sending that bottle over if you haven't got a chance to see the bottles either the label on it, it's kind of like a metallic kind of finish i mean it's a gorgeous label on them it's almost designed With the goat, to be yeah, collected. Yeah, yeah, it almost yeah. looks like money. Yeah. Well, and it's got the 91 of 300, sort of the, the labeled account. What's that called? You know. It's a gold Sharpie, I think, or something yeah. like that. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, like, yeah. like, like, like what do they call that when it says, Limited like, it's Limited number, edition. yeah, like, number yeah. 91 yeah. out of 300. Yeah. But it is gold Sharpie. <laughs> okay, so that's the BCCA, guys, Queen City Chapter. Thanks a lot again. Um, and uh, I guess that kind of the dogs uh, have to have their final say. So that kind of wraps it up for us here on Cincy Brewcast. Gnarly Gnome at thegnarlygnome.com. Lots of stuff this week. Absolutely. Thank you. Tina Cisneros at the Overlook Lodge. And also this weekend Do not miss at the... Liberty. Yep. Don't miss it. And my name is Mike Cisneros. Uh, we thank you for listening and watching Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Mm-hmm.